Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. You've got the H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on those dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or the third-row seating gets your whole family in to experience the thrill together. The dual wireless charging pads make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do. Like me, taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hey there, I'm Gary Parrish. Welcome back to the... CBS Sports Ion College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, and leaky black. Matt Norlanda is here with me. If you're watching on YouTube, smash that like button like your Brandon Davis. You have consent. If you haven't yet subscribed to the YouTube channel, please, pretty please, go ahead and knock that out while you're here. Dead leg. Since we last talked, Gonzaga, you might have heard, went to Texas, got absolutely blasted. Final score, Texas 93, Zag 74. The Longhorns... Shot 51.5% from the field, made 13 of 33 three-point attempts, led by as many as 23, won the game by 19 points. Before I ask you if you have any issue with me moving Texas to number one in the top 25 and one, let me ask you if you're concerned at all about a Gonzaga team that had to come from double digits down to beat Michigan State five days before they got smoked in what was the first marquee game inside the new on-campus Moody Center down in Austin. Yeah, that Moody Center looks tremendous, fantastic. Uh, just judging by the views, uh, television product, student section, great stuff. We'll get to Texas in just a minute there, but uh, that is quickly on my short list of venues I've never been to that I want to get to as as soon as possible. Um, with Gonzaga, I mean, we're not gonna. I'm not gonna punt entirely on this. Uh, let's just see what they do, and we're obviously gonna get to this later in the show. Uh, they're gonna turn around and play Kentucky at Spokane Arena on Sunday. Huge game. Huge game. We will podcast most definitely after we know the result of that. And there's actually another big one Sunday we'll talk about later. If you want to have a little bit of concern, it's fair. I just want to see him one more time against a high-profile opponent. And, yeah, they had to rally against Michigan State. Rally they did. Drew Timmy looked great in that game. Obviously, the environment was unique. Uh, that affected both teams. So Gonzaga was able to win uh, just as much as Michigan State was not able to close out that game. Um, so there's concern there. I think the guard play as well is something, but th this is like where I want to, I want to see what they do against Kentucky. Kaysen Wallace looks like he might be a top five defender in the sport. Granted it's early. We'll see if he can actually keep that up, but he's been uh, great for Kentucky so far. And right now through three games, Gonzaga does not have just, it doesn't have enough yet. We're still early, but Nolan Hickman has to make the jump. It hasn't happened yet. Uh, Hunter Salas, has not to this point, including last season, he has not been 
what Gonzaga fans were hoping he would be. That's fair to say. And Malachi Smith, he's just adjusting to taking a serious jump up in competition. So, uh, sure, a little bit of concern. But if we want to really start to draw a bit more definitive conclusions or more of a widespread conversation, we got to see what they do against Kentucky first, and that'll be Sunday, and we'll have some of those answers Sunday night. Yeah, I think a lot of what happened the other night was just it was Texas. I mean, Texas just played out of its mind. And, you know, when you're opening, not not technically opening, but when it's your first big game inside your brand-new um, on-campus, beautiful arena, like there's – Gonzaga was up against it going into that. And, and you know, the Zags were actually underdogs in the game. Now, they weren't supposed to lose it by 19, but, you know, practically speaking, they were supposed to, to, to lose that game. To me, the concerning thing, as you watch it unfold, is that the Zags had 20 turnovers. There's two big numbers that pop out. 20 turnovers, and they let Texas shoot 63.6% inside the arc. And what that suggests is that, you know, the Zags, clearly miss Andrew Nimhard, the point guard, and Chet Holmgren, the rim protector, perhaps more than the preseason polls indicated. And I include myself in that, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, Nimhard last season averaged 5.8 assists and just 1.9 turnovers per game. His replacement this season is Nolan Hickman, you mentioned, and hit four turnovers against Texas and is averaging 2.7 turnovers per game through three contests. So uh, that's a problem. And when Texas guards got into the lane, there's no rim protector like Chet Holmgren to clean up the messes. And that's among the reasons, again, Texas shot 63.6% from two against Gonzaga. For some context, understand that, that Belmont last season shot 60.7% from two, and that led the nation. So Texas was better than that from two against Gonzaga on Wednesday night. All that said, this is still a Gonzaga team that last Friday beat the Michigan State team that subsequently beat Kentucky. So the idea that they stink is silly to me. You saw a lot of that on Wednesday night because people love to pile on, especially pile on Gonzaga. But the truth is Gonzaga's good, probably really good. But they do, the Zags, quite clearly have some stuff to figure out. Yeah, and we'll see. I mean, they, they should show up pissed off on Sunday night. We'll see if they do, and listeners and viewers will see who we pick in that game uh, a little bit later. By the way, I want to encourage uh, messages, questions, comments in the chat. That's uh, one of the bosses was saying, get people talking because you want to expand the podcast. So if you have any thoughts on the game or what we're talking about, we appreciate the regulars. And if you're new here, how you do. All right, a couple things on Texas. Um it was their first win in five tries ever against Gonzaga. So now one four all time. It was their fourth win ever against a team ranked number two. Texas has never beaten, I don't believe, a team ranked uh, number one. So big win for them. Gonzaga had been, uh, I saw this on ESPN late after that game. Uh, I did not realize this. Gonzaga had been favored in 96 consecutive games going into this Texas game. Did you realize that? That's outrageous. Gonzaga was favored in 96 straight games. That ended the streak. Not, not, not one 96 games in which it was favored. Gonzaga was favored in 96 straight games. I would not have guessed that. That seems excessive. That's unreal, man. That's unreal and speaks to the strength of the program uh, overall. Um, This was also the second biggest win by margin for Texas over a top five team. Uh, In 2021, uh, it just romped Kansas, which was third uh, in the polls at that point by 25. The three-point shooting was good. We'll see if it can continue there. Texas, uh, what, made seven threes in the first couple of games and uh, made six in this game uh, overall. So it, it did uh, 
it did a good job, you know, shooting shooting in from that the perimeter, getting good looks outside. Excuse me, it made 13 in this game, not six. Um, and I just thought, you know, Tyrese Hunter was the story of the night, man. Career high 26 points. Uh, he was he lived up to his offseason billing, and that billing being one of the top five players to go into the transfer portal. He was just awesome. I, I don't know if he'll be able to continue to shoot as well as he did in that game. It was a bit aberrational. He went five of eight from three-point range. He's not known as a three-point shooter. I said on our Texas summer shoot-around, if he had a three-point shot, he wouldn't be here. He'd be in the NBA. That was really his perimeter shot was the only thing that was stopping him from being a one-and-done kind of player because defensively, he's really good. High IQ. And damn, man, oh, man, my pick was for Timmy Allen to be the best player on this team. Maybe Timmy Allen will be. The fact that Gonzaga won, <laughs> I said this on CBS Sports HQ, I guess the morning after, I've lost track of all these uh, hits. Uh, 93-74, Texas wins. Timmy Allen gets two points. Hunter goes with 26. Marcus Carr right by his side, 16 points, seven assists. Really, really impressive stuff. And then Dylan DeSue had another 12. That's Texas fans know this, but DeSue is, is almost like the secret weapon here. Um, yeah, Brock Cunningham can be an absolute pain in the ass, and Beard loves him for that. Christian Bishop has his moments, no doubt about it. Dylan Mitchell, you know, he led to the em emphatic nature of the win by just dunking on Gonzaga down the stretch there. But DeSue, previously at Vanderbilt, really, really nice player. He didn't play in this game a year ago. I actually talked with his parents at the Texas team hotel because I was at this game a year ago. I was there when Texas got manhandled by Gonzaga. And, you know, they his parents just, you know, it was one of those things. It was like the night before the game. I can't remember, but they were sitting there in the hotel lobby and they're like, he's we're hoping he can get as healthy as, as soon as possible. We know he can be, you know, their parents are just, they're rooting for rooting for their son to, to be as healthy as possible and, and be as good as possible as soon as possible. And uh, I couldn't help but think about them after when watching this game, because he was, he, he only logged 13 minutes, but they were really, really productive minutes. He was the second most efficient player on the floor, basically to, to Tyrese Hunter in that game. So yeah, for me, it's more Texas, man. The fact that they were able to do this, get 27 points off turnovers, shoot 51.5% from the floor and go, you know, 39% from three point range. They ran away with it. It was not competitive. I, we, we sat down to watch that game GP thinking, okay, maybe we're going to get like a really, really, really competitive game down to the wire. Wasn't that. And I did tweet this out, you know, when Ken Palm rankings got re released among the three or four biggest eye opening things was that Texas was number two in the rankings. Now Texas sits at number one and I know you've bumped them up here, but that them Texas playing the way it did and kind of helping initially validate that and doing now what was hoped a year ago when Texas was a chic preseason top five team. We'll see if they can keep it up. I don't want to overreact to Texas for one game, just like I'm not going to overreact to Gonzaga in one game, but I could not help but come away extremely impressed and thinking uh, Texas should have a say in this big 12 race with Baylor and Kansas. And at the same point, and I'm not saying this will be the case. I tweeted this out as well. Twitter still alive and humming as we record this podcast. Uh, I don't know if Texas will play a better game. They may. Texas fans are hoping for it, but damn, that was a dominant, considering the opponent and how efficient that was, uh, I'd be surprised if they played even two or three better overall performances this whole season. You said you don't want to overreact as it pertains to Texas or Gonzaga. Is moving Texas to number one in the top 25 and one an overreaction? Because I had them outside the top 10. Uh, for your purposes, I actually did think, For how about this? 
the way that you have traditionally done this, and oh, by the way, you said you were going to have Michigan State ahead of Kansas, and you didn't do it. I yeah, I, t- I, I, I took a fresh look at it when I... Uh, Sorry, when we got I, I think the that's actually the right call. So no worries. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I had it. I had it on Wednesday morning after Kansas or I can't. Yeah, Wednesday morning after Kansas beat Duke, I had it one Gonzaga, two North Carolina, three Houston, four Kansas, five Michigan State, and then after Texas smoked the Zags. I obviously dropped Gonzaga, but moved Texas all the way up to number one. Yeah, that's fine. And like, it's, it's not, uh, I don't think that's, that's egregious. And to the point about like overreacting, you know, Kansas got just blown at home. Remember last year, Kentucky went into Kansas and just like rolled them like, and then Kansas goes on win the national title. So that's not going to prevent, you know, this doesn't mean Gonzaga won't be a national title contender or anything like that. For the purposes of what you normally do, I actually thought you booting Texas all the way. I encourage this, though. I want you to challenge your own uh, your own norms and protocols there. So I did not expect you to go as aggressively as you did. But given what Texas has been able to do so far, I think it's fair. I'll also note that with, with the win and with the way Texas's schedule sets up, they're going to be sitting there at number unless you're going to change it again, which I would not object to. If we look, you know, a week, week and a half from now, and there's been a team that's been able to accumulate via Maui, PK85, whatever, and you want to put them over Texas, I think you should be willing to do that because Texas will not play another opponent that's, you know, legitimate, if you will, till December 1. Otherwise, you're just going to have the horns here for two more weeks because they host Creighton on December 1st. That could be a big-time game. But by putting them one, um, if you're not going to drop them because they don't lose a game, then then there's just going to be no competition. I'd keep your mind open to teams, you know, maybe rotating on that as results warrant. My, my mind is always open. But I rarely, I mean, very infrequently, I mean, can probably count it on one hand and maybe a couple of fingers the number of times I've actually dropped a number one team without that team losing. I, I, I can remember one time I did it after Duke smoked Kentucky in the champions classic a few years ago with Zion and RJ and Cam Reddish. And it was like, that's the best team in the country. So I'm moving them all the way up to number one, even though whoever I had number one at the time had not lost, but I just, I, Duke's got to go to number one. So I know I did it then. And I'm sure I've done it some other places over the years, but it's not something I normally do. And I wouldn't anticipate doing it with North Carolina. But again, uh, I'll keep my mind open. Let me run through the logic real quick of of moving Texas all the way up to number one. You got to understand, I already had Michigan State at number five um, on Wednesday morning. And I'm not going to drop Gonzaga below a Michigan State team that it had just beaten. So I'm keeping Gonzaga ahead of Michigan State. And I obviously got to get Texas ahead of Gonzaga. So then it just comes down to, do I want Texas also ahead of North Carolina, Houston, and Kansas? And North Carolina has been shaky against poor competition, but 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 shaky. Undefeated, but shaky. Houston is undeniably awesome, but, you know, the Cougars haven't played anybody of note yet. And so I just decided to push Texas all the way to the top. The Longhorns are also, like you mentioned, number one at Ken Palm, number five at Torvik. So it's not like I'm out of line with any of the the computers. Uh, Right now, Texas has the most convincing marquee win of anybody in the country. They've got a zero in the loss column. They've got a win over a fellow top five team that beat a fellow top 10 team. 
Um, I, you know, I've got them at number one, and and I imagine they'll be there, like you said, until at least December. Because up next, two games: Northern Arizona, UT Rio Grande Valley. So they're going to be undefeated on December first. That's when they get Creighton inside the Moody Center, and then after that, on December sixth, uh, the Longhorns will play Illinois in the Jimmy V inside Madison Square Garden. All right, dig it, man. You want to want to talk about the most surprising? That was that was a relatively surprising result score considered for Wednesday. You want to talk about the most surprising result? I think by far from Thursday. Michigan All-American Hunter Dickinson went on a podcast and predicted his Wolverines would beat Arizona State by 20 on Thursday night. Then Michigan went out and lost to Arizona State by 25 points on Thursday night. That's an old takes exposed. If I ever seen one, we'll laugh about this situation next. First, a word from our partners. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. A reminder, if you want, you can now email the show, shouts2cbs at gmail.com. Shouts2cbs at gmail.com. We are loving the responses we've gotten, the emails, the correspondence, the questions. Continue sending them. You can send in a video if you'd like, 10 to 15 second video. Ask a question, name, city, town, get out. We'll try and drop those in going forward on the show, on the YouTube channel. Continue to send us stuff. We love hearing from you. And thank you, as always, for subscribing. So Michigan All-American Hunter Dickinson went on a podcast and predicted his Wolverines would beat Arizona State by 20 on Thursday night. Then they lost to Arizona State by 25. Final score, Sun Devils 87, Wolverines 62. So the Arizona State team that lost to Texas Southern on Sunday just beat Michigan by 25. M- make that make sense, Devleg. There's... Come on, man. There's no making sense of this. There's none. Uh, Bobby Hurley played Juwan Howard, Duke versus Michigan, multiple times during their college careers. These are, I mean, they're two of the 10 to 15 most famous college basketball players from the 90s. And Duke and Michigan run rank among the three or four most influential programs and prominent programs of the 90s. And uh, to see them coaching against each other, I thought was kind of cool. Bobby Hurley refuses to lose against Howard. Never lost to him when he was at Duke and has not lost to him now as a head coach here with an absolute thumping that no one saw coming. Uh, This was down in Brooklyn, you know, a friends and family only special uh, as it uh, as it goes here in this one playing the MTE. And after Michigan was able to beat Pitt the night before, 91 to 60. Oh, by the way, Pitt fell 
and went 0 2 in this event. Uh, lost to VCU on Thursday. Arizona State just just runs them, man. Just runs them out of the building. Uh, Dickinson had 14. Jet Howard had 12. Michigan shot absolutely terribly. Only four of 22 from three point range. Credit to Arizona State for being able to. Uh, really rebound after, you know, they, they had to go on there when they lost to Texas Southern, they lost by one point in overtime and Texas Southern in the swack, you know, Johnny Jones is the coach there and that's considered to be the best, the best team in the league this season there. So you, Arizona state should not lose on the road against Texas Southern period, but it did uh, just some context. There some other PAC 12 teams took worse losses to worse teams. Uh, they could not pull it out. They, they rebound, they beat VCU and a close one on Wednesday and then get the win over Michigan with just in, in dominating fashion, man. And I, and, and Hurley, he has been able to have these spots throughout his career at Arizona state where uh, sometimes ASU is a little bit unpredictable. One, he's not afraid to schedule tough, never has been, has never run from uh, a little bit of an unconventional schedule relative to what Arizona state is historically as a program. And they have been able to, provide some surprising performances in a, in a number of spots here, but for Desmond Cambridge and DJ Horn combined for 39 points played real. I mean, that just a, a strong backcourt showing that exposed a bit like Michigan's bread and butter will be Dickinson, Howard, Terrence Williams. Those are the guys for the most part that'll probably get it done. Kobe Bufkin and Jalen uh, Llewellyn, they combined for, 10 points didn't shoot well from three. They didn't make a three period. Um, we're like three of nine from, from two point range. They just got exposed there. And uh, to me, it's more about Michigan in this particular game than it is ASU, but a good win for ASU nonetheless. And for Michigan, it marks the biggest loss for this program by margin of defeat since they played Arizona, not Arizona state, but Arizona, back in the 14-15 season. I said I'd trivia time you on that Arizona roster when I tweeted at you last night. So here we go. Trivia time. All right, let's go. All right, kind of a, kind of a, we'll go multiple angles here just because I was looking back at this and like, it was one of the things where I was looking at this roster and I'm like, I'm like, dude, this was eight seasons ago because this, when I look at this roster, to me, it feels like this was like five seasons ago, Max. I'm like, God, the years are just cruising by us, Parrish. Um, uh, first, what team... Hmm. Did that Arizona team lose to in the NCAA tournament? Are we talking about the 13 team or the 14 team? We're talking about the 14-15 team. Okay, because the reason I tweeted at you last night was when Gonzaga got pounded by Texas, it was mm. it was the Zags' worst loss since they played Arizona in 2014. Right. And then Michigan gets pounded by Arizona State, and it's Michigan's worst loss since they played Arizona in 2014. Now, those were two different teams. They were. Yes, but it both is. happened in the calendar year 2014. Who did Ari- – and this is going to prove to you, I did not cheat. I did not look. Who did Arizona lose to in the 2015 NCAA tournament? That's the question? That's correct. <sighs> go with the guess you want to go with, and you will be right. Kentucky. No. Go with the guess you want to go with, and you will be right. There is no guess I want to go with. Come on, man. The, I mean, the only guess I ever want to go with is UMass Lowell, but I don't think that's right. Who did Sean Miller famously go up against and couldn't get over the hump in the tournament in the Elite Eight? <laughs> what? Wisconsin? There we go. Here's the deal. Here's the connecting thread. It happened in consecutive years. The 13-14 team lost in that overtime one-point game, and then a year later, 
same Wisconsin team that would go on to to knock off undefeated Kentucky. They lost to him again. So Arizona dropped back-to-back years, Elite Eight against Wisconsin. The, the Zona team that beat Gonzaga with its worst margin of defeat in almost a decade ranked better than, than this one that I was talking about. Um, but I was going to see if you could name me three players off the 14-15 team. Can you name three Arizona players off that 14-15 team? God. I'm just so bad at this. One of them was top 10 in Ken Palm Player of the Year ranking. Highly regarded five-star player. Who's I, I'd say it's fair if you like unless you're an Arizona fan, you all these years later, like it might be like, yeah, I guess I don't I don't I don't remember his career being like that good, but he ranks he ranks sixth that season in, in K Poi. <sighs> Ronde Hollis Jefferson. Ooh, you are he is he was on the team, sophomore, but not the player. That's not the player who was top ten in Ken Palm player of the year. Ronde Hollis Jefferson was on that team. TJ six, McConnell? They, had like a, they had a six man reliable rotation here. Um, no, I can. And, and the guy was a, a top, t- top 10 recruit. Yes. Still in the NBA. See the dunker. The, is that what they call him? I think they call him the dunker. <laughs> they didn't. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know where you pull. I, oh, I know what you're at. I know what you're thinking. It's not him. Not him. You're thinking who's, Aaron, who's Gordon. That it's Aaron Gordon. It's not Aaron Gordon. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking of Aaron, Aaron Gordon. Gordon was on the team the year before. Okay, I was thinking of Aaron Gordon. I call him the dunker. Dunker. <laughs> A.K.A. the dunker. Oh, T.J. McConnell, was he on Boom, that team? You got two. Here we go. All right, give me one more from the 14-15 Arizona team. Dude, I'm blanking. They had another. They had, Gordon was the star recruit that first season, and the next season, this was, this was the next one. Drafted by the Pistons. So can I name a third player that Arizona might have bought for okay. that basketball team. Damn. Let me think. Don't look at the chat. There's some wrong at- answers, but don't look at the chat. I got TJ McConnell. You got Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Classic. That free throw line routine with Hollis Jefferson, a little, little shimmy. And is there like a New York guard that went there that book book got there? <laughs> you know what? I'm going to look up this player right here. He he's not one of the he wasn't a starter, but he might have come from New York. Let me see. This uh this guy who came off the bench. Where's he from? No, wow, from California. Okay. No, uh there might be, but I don't know if if, if anyone here. Caleb Tarzuski. Boom. Yeah, that wasn't the bit the you got three. And my hand my hands are right here so you can see I'm not typing anything. Um Stanley Johnson was the highest. Stanley Johnson. Okay. Yes. Yeah, not the dunker. <laughs> uh, Caleb Tarzuski. And then Brandon Ashley was the other starter. But I, I look no record. I don't even know. You could have asked me who is Brandon Ashley. I would have Come on, man. I, I have no idea who that is. Oh, gosh. Bad. It's not RJ Barrett level bad, but come on. Brandon Ashley? I'm supposed to retain Brandon Ashley? Brandon Ashley. Let's see where he was drafted. Undrafted. I thought he was drafted. Brandon Ashley. Uh, shouts to Brandon Ashley. Uh, yeah, he's never played in the NBA. I thought he might have got a cup of coffee. Uh, D League All Star 2016. Eat your words. He I was came the, closer to playing in the NBA. He was an All American. He was an All American, and he was the Pac-12 Tournament MVP in 14-15. So there we go. Anyway, that's a trip down memory lane. Your thoughts? I swear to God, I don't. Rem- I swear to God, I don't remember Brandon Ashley. At that's all. unreal to me. He was a genuinely like enjoyable. 
co- college player. Like very like quality. If you'd have just, if you'd have just randomly athlete. asked me, hey, what do you think of Brandon Ashley? I'd have been like, did he play on my kid's baseball team? Reminder: This is, <laughs> and I say this lovingly. Uh, this is why this is the best college podcast around because fifty percent of it cannot remember a key <laughs> cog on the fourteen fifteen Arizona Wildcats. I forgot R.J. Barrett existed. Never forget. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm just going to shut the hell up. That's still at the top of the mountain. Give me your takeaway on Michigan land and egg. Well, I, my, my main takeaway is just LOL because it, it's hilarious. Not that I'm laughing at Michigan struggles. Um, you know, I, I have Mich- I had Michigan in the top 25 and one. Um, it would have made my life easier if they had just won. I wouldn't have had to up, you know, change. I wouldn't have had to find a new team, by the way. Michigan lost, Texas A&M lost, both out of the top 25 and one, replaced by Iowa and uh, Texas Tech. Um, Norlander gets aggravated, irritated, when people don't properly credit the Iron College Basketball Podcast. So let me properly credit this podcast. (laughs) You're going to credit the podcast on the podcast? The Round Ball Podcast under the Barstool Sports umbrella. You were saying this podcast. Yes, I want to credit the On College Basketball Podcast on the On College Basketball Podcast and also shine a light on the Round Ball Podcast. It's a a Barstool Sports property. That is where Hunter Dickinson made his bold prediction. And did you watch it? Did you actually watch the the clip? I did not. I have not. I... I have not actually seen the prediction. I have not. He just got real comfortable. That's all it was. He just got real comfortable. And and he was like, he was he was thinking his way through it. He was like, well, let me see. Is Arizona State as good as Pitt? Is Arizona State as good as Pitt? He's like sort of wondering out loud. And he's like, you know what? We win by 20. Yeah, we win by 20. <laughs> and they're like, oh, wow. You know, so Hunter Dickinson, which you don't hear that from college basketball players. I know. Ever. Thank you. By the way, thank you. And Hunter Dickinson is not afraid to speak speak his mind. So please continue to do this. Like he I'm might be, he might be now. He <laughs> might be now. No, I, I I'm hoping that that's not the case. But yes, um, he he wasn't terrible. By the way, he was six of fourteen from the field, fourteen points, five rebounds. I mean, obviously not good, not all American level good. His team lost by twenty five, but most of Michigan's problems were on the defensive end of the court. You know, Arizona State shot sixty point four percent from the field, fifty seven point nine percent from three. And so the Sun Devils are now in what is a, you know, possible make or break season for Bobby Hurley. They're now four and one, got that loss to Texas Southern, but wins over VCU and Michigan. Up up next, though, for Arizona State gets scary. It's back to the swack. Oh, is it really? Grambling State on Tuesday, Alcorn State the following Sunday. Be careful. Be careful. Oh, man. Be careful. Arizona State salvaged it salvaged it for the Pac-12, by the way. I ran the I ran the conference. As we record this podcast, we're going, you know, we're, we're live here on a Friday morning. We actually got games starting soon. Uh, reminder, if you haven't, tap the like button, smash it, tickle it, whatever you need to do, flirt with it if you're watching, live or otherwise. But if you're watching live, we got hoops coming around the corner here, so these records will be a bit outdated in a few hours. But the Pac-12, you know, it did it again. Cal Baptist went into Washington and won. Washington lost 73-64 on Thursday. Utah lost at home to Sam Houston State. Um, what was the other one? Colorado lost to UMass out in, uh, in Charleston. So right now, big six conferences. Here are the records as a Friday morning. Actually, trivia time. Which, which conference do you think has the best record by win percentage? Big 12? It's number two. Big 10. Big 10 is 40-4. and four. No team with two losses yet. Big 12 is 27-3. and three. No team with two losses yet. Big East is third at 31 and five. No team with two losses yet. And then 
SEC is 37 and 8. Only Vandy has two losses. ACC is 32 and 13. Three teams with three losses. Pac 12 is 27 and 14. Four teams with two or four, two or more losses. Pac 12 is that way. is horrific. Gonzaga is going to go 27 and 14 for a power conference is horrific. You know, ten days into the season, Gonzaga is going to go to the Pac 12 and then be like, "This is not tough enough for us," and go back to the West Coast Conference inside of a five year period. That's a prediction. Oh man, just brutal, brutal, brutal stuff there. Um, so yeah, Pac 12's got to get it together here. Uh, 27 and 14 for a Big Six conference is is rough, rough stuff. Good on the Big Ten though, 40 and four at this point in the uh, in the season. All right, you want to pick some games, my man? I do want to pick some games, especially considering I'm so good at it this year. I, I'll come, you're about 100 Dickinson yourself right now. You went three and two. Oh, really? What did you do? I went two and three. Oh, that sounds well, like victory for GP. All right. I I am Arizona State, and you are my Michigan. Sounds Look rem- at me. I'm a sun devil. <laughs> you got to make the horns. Make the horns. How do you do that? I don't even know how you do I mean, that. How do you make horns? I mean. Fingers on top of the head. There you go. <laughs> Look at me. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a sun devil. I'm a sun devil. I tell you what. I went to Arizona. You ever been to Arizona State? You ever been to Tempe? I have. I have. Yes. Boy, you ever want to feel ugly, go there. <laughs> Every bar I went in, I was like, I am like, it's not even close. I'm the ugliest person here by far. And, and it's not just because I'm ugly. It's like everybody there was beautiful. Just beautiful people everywhere. They should just have an Arizona State TikTok. I wonder if they do have that. Somebody send me a link. If Twitter really does go down, it's going to be just, it's going to be bad news for you. I mean, you're going to invest all the time you're spending on Twitter, on TikTok, and I just don't see that ending well. I actually think it's a pretty good, it's a good place to spend your time. You know, when you get bored, just when you're bored, just when you're trying to pass some time. Look at me, I'm a sun devil. I hate it when you play this music. (laughs) That's my cue. Pick the games. Here we go. I'd rather guard Tyrese Hunter inside the Moody Center than hear this stupid music. Final four and one. GP's up three, two. Norlander went two and three in week one. Now I'm talking about myself in third person. Yeah, you did. I got you lost. (laughs) Game one. Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern, number 16, Virginia versus number five, Baylor. Inside Ben Sanderson Arena in Las Vegas. I was wondering where you were going to go with this arena name. Do you know Ben Sanderson? No. You know Brandon Ashley, but you don't know Ben Sanderson? That's accurate. Ben Sanderson is Nick Cage's character in Leaving Las Vegas. The man died in Las Vegas. He deserves to have that arena Uh, name. He died in Las Vegas. Good call. He was lonely and broken. He struggled in life, Ben Sanderson, but now he's got a basketball arena named after him in Las Vegas. Kim Palm has it Baylor minus one. You can watch it on ESPN two. Um, I thought I had this in my notes and now I'm not seeing it. I might have accidentally deleted it. So I'm checking sports reference right here. I think this is the second time these teams have ever met. And I want to say the first time was in the 60s on here real quick here. I think that's it. I think they've only met once before. Here we go. One meeting ever. Baylor, Virginia. 
1968. December of 68. Oh, they yeah, I remember, I, I remember it well. You t- <laughs> well, you were five. Uh, yeah. 79, 61 back in 68. Kind of kind of interesting. These teams only met once before ever. Um, All right, let me, let me ask you a question. Okay, we usually go with Ken Palm, but because this is a Friday game, and I, 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 I now have no hangups about picking Friday games. That's right. I'm going to do it whenever I feel like so what's it. The, what's the Caesars line? We actually have a number on the game, and it is Baylor minus four and a half. Game is what a what a game this is. First, we are loaded on Friday. Um, okay, how about this? Virginia's won seven of the past MT seven of the past eight MTEs. Virginia has played in. Virginia's won that MTE. This is an MTE. They will play either Illinois or UCLA on Sunday, I believe. Um, that might be Saturday. I don't have the uh, I don't have the round here in front of me. Um, right now, Virginia's second in the nation in fewest turnovers per game, just seven per game. That's because they only average seven possessions per game. Well, that's then that's that's actually terrible. Um, I will go. Uh, what's that line for? We're doing we're doing Baylor minus four and a half. Virginia to cover Baylor to win. I'm going Baylor both. I'm I'm loyal to the Drew family, as you know. I'm loyal to the Drew family. Okay. This is the first real game for both teams. And, you know, it should be noted that Virginia was supposed to play Northern Iowa earlier right. this week. That game got canceled because of the horrific, tragic murder of three Virginia football players. So this is the Cavaliers' first game since last Friday. They're 2-0 and with a couple of blowout wins over North Carolina Central and, and Monmouth. Armand Franklin is is leading the, the team in scoring. He's averaging 14.5 points per game, shooting above 50% from three on 11 attempts so far. Uh, so, you know, Virginia, like they haven't played anybody of note yet, but, you know, they've handled their business pretty convincingly. Baylor, 3-0, and three blowout wins over mid-major slash low-major opponents. Adam Flagler, leading scorer there, 17.3 points per game. He's shooting 57.9% from three on 6.3 attempts per game. So there was, a you know, a, a lot of us who thought Keontae George might be Baylor's leading scorer, and he might be. But so far, Adam Flagler has been terrific. Again, Baylor to win. Baylor to cover the four and a half for me. Game two, Friday, 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Number 19, Illinois against UCLA. That's inside Sarah Arena. Do you know Sarah? This is this is the same arena. Yeah, I know, but I changed it. Okay. They're going to change Sponsorship's the name. going to change between games. Yes, they're going to change the name between games. I mean, they got like 30, 35 minutes. It's okay. plenty of time. All right. Sarah, she's the working girl who befriended Ben Sanderson in Las Vegas. And by working girl, I mean she accepted cash for sex. <laughs> Very much in favor one of premarital sex. She is one of us. One of us. <laughs> Elizabeth Shue, one of us. I always Massive suspected crush that. on Elizabeth Shue in the 90s. I always really suspected that. You know, she tried, to play, she tried to play the little good girl in Karate Kid. But I knew she was one of us. Okay. You don't date a Cobra Kai for years if you're not one of us. Can we agree on that? You can. She dated a Cobra Kai and then went to Daniel LaRusso. 
She she dated a Cobra Kai and then left him for a Miyagi-Do. You don't think she's one of us? Get out of my face. Uh, are you you want to pick this one first? Of course I do. Okay. What's the line? Caesars. <laughs> By the way, I'm liking everyone in the chat. Give us fire with your picks once you hear the line. We got a lot of Baylor backers on that first game. UCLA minus four and a half is the number. What are you taking? By the way, I got Illinois up to number 23 in the top 25 on one. Make note of that, Tom Fornelli. UCLA? Yeah. Jalen Clark, leading scorer so far this season. 17 points, eight rebounds, three assists per game. Amari Bailey, averaging 11.7 points. Mama thick. He's shooting above 50% uh, from the field. Most everything coming inside the arc. Both these teams are 3-0. and Um UCLA 3-0 against three sub-150 Ken Palm teams. Illinois 3-0 against three sub-250 Ken Palm teams. So this is the first real challenging game for for both teams. Terrence Shannon, nearly 23 points per game uh, through three games for Illinois. Matthew Meyer, I noticed this, hasn't really done much. He's eighth on the team in scoring. The Baylor transfer um, only averaging five points per game, shooting 25% from three. I mean, listen. Both these coaches are top 25 and one coaches in the country. Brad Underwood and Mick Cronin. Uh, they both made our list of, of the best coaches in the country that we published last week. But one of these coaches is the best coach in UCLA history. Mm-hmm. So I have to lay the points with UCLA. Jalen Clark's been just awesome so far. Yeah, 17 points, eight boards a game, shooting 66.7% from the field. Uh, these... The winners and losers will play on Sunday. I brought it up. 3 Eastern, 5.30 Eastern, Baylor, Virginia, UCLA, Illinois. We will have plenty to recap on Sunday night. Because of that slow first week, the crunch is happening with the MTEs to wrap this week and then take us all the way through Feast Week and the next Sunday. Tournaments galore. Day hoops. Love it. A lot of good matchups here. So this is a, this is a fun, fun time right now. I will go... Hmm. I... I I will pick UCLA to win and cover here. It's been the more impressive team so far. Um, I feel like we're going to either on Friday here or Sunday in the title game and and consolation, there's four matchups with these four teams, Baylor, Virginia, UCLA, and Illinois. At least one of them is going to be like awesome, eminently watchable, super close route and down the stretch. We're going to at least one. It could be two or three of them, but I've got a really, really good feeling about this event. I got to go Bruins win and cover here. They've just, uh, I think they're the better team and they've impressed me more to this point in the season. Game three, Sunday, 7.30 PM Eastern. It's number four, Kentucky versus number two, Gonzaga inside, not Gonzaga's home arena. Okay. Kim Palm has it. Zags minus two. You'll be able to watch it on ESPN. Oh, best, best neutral, best neutral court game of the weekend. Can't deny that. Man, what are we gonna get in this? You one? get real stressed out about these. I don't even put any thought into it. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think about who I think is gonna win the game. I've already, I've already decided. Then you go first. Gonzaga minus two. I'm laying the points. It's the Zags. Neutral mm. court victory over. How about this? Yeah. One team beat Michigan State. The other team didn't. I'll take the team that could beat Michigan State. Let's keep it simple. 
With logic like that, where could you possibly go wrong? Yeah, let's keep it simple. I'm a sun devil. Look at me. I'm a sun devil. (laughs) (laughs) You know what's the best about that is there's just... You woke up this morning and you had no idea what was in store for you today. <laughs> you I didn't no- know I was going to spend Friday being a Sun Devil, but here we are. Not a chance. Uh, reminder, this is the first of a six-year six series. The final game in that six-year series will be Kentucky at the Kennel. <laughs> Gonzaga's actual home arena. Jury is out whether John Calipari will actually be in the building to coach Kentucky for that or not. Year six. Unbelievable. Um, man, this is a tough one. Do you th- how about question? We we hmm. technically have control over this, but we we let results dictate. Does does this game does the result of this game lead the podcast on Sunday night? Do you think? I think so, yes. I would think so as well, but you never know. You never know. There could be something No, I do know. I'm I'm the one who decides. I, I absolutely know. Yes. Kentucky Gonzaga will lead the podcast Sunday night. I'm I'm the only person who knows. All right. Um, what if Mick Cronin wins his MTE and proclaims he's the best UCLA coach in history? You're not going to leave the podcast with that. If Mick will call himself the best head coach in UCLA yeah, history, exactly. then I'll, I'll audible. Sure. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> um, all right. What the hell? I will go Kentucky straight up. Win it close and I just want to see Sheboy and Timmy ball out. I just give me an excellent game between these two. Give me them playing at their best compelling as hell matchup here, but I'll say Kentucky wins game four Sunday, nine 30 PM Eastern number three, Houston at Oregon inside Dylan Brooks arena. Boy, I bet he gave it to Brandon Ashley back in the day. Kim Pom has it. Houston minus four. You can watch it on ESPN. This isn't going to take long. I, I told you. I told you what is going to happen on this podcast for the final four in one segment. Until Houston proves it can't or won't cover, I will not pick against the Cougars. 83-36 against Northern Colorado. 81-55 against St. Joe's. 83-45 against Oral Roberts. 83-48 against Texas Southern. None of those teams are in Oregon's orbit, but they all, Houston easily covered all of them. This is a road game against an Oregon team that lost at home to UC Irvine last Friday. Doesn't matter. Houston to win. Houston to cover. Won't pick against them until they prove me wrong. I'm with you. Houston to win. Houston to cover. If you can't beat an anteater, you can't beat a cougar. That's a great point. I mean... What are we even talking about? Can't beat an anteater. You're not beating a cougar. This Houston team, man, they just, they never stop coming at you. Here's here's the question. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a good game, though. That's no, a great game. Do we have to wait till well, it's... I think we do. I think I, on we... it, like, it's, how about this? It, it's late. Now, this is a 9.30 Eastern Sunday night tip. I say we roll on the pod. Let's roll it like... 10 45 11 Eastern. No, gee, no, that's that's a mistake, dude. What if Houston loses? We can't not acknowledge it on the podcast Sunday. Yes, we can. Wow, you're gonna 
you're going to do that to Kelvin Sampson's program? If 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 we will just acknowledge that this is being done before Houston and Oregon play, and it's okay, the world will the world will keep spinning. The sun will come up on Monday, regardless of whether. So we we're do a not podcast. waiting on Oregon Houston Sunday. I think waiting on a Houston or delaying the podcast for several hours for a Houston Oregon game. All right, seems, how about how about this? Kentucky seems, Gonzaga seven thirty start should be ending around nine thirty. One of us will probably have to go on HQ. So ten Eastern start Sunday night. Or, you know, that, that general area. Fair? I think we should go at noon. When? Just noon. Just get it out of noon. Way. Yeah. Before Kentucky and Gonzaga play. Yeah, we'll just we'll just we'll we'll assume Gonzaga wins and we'll just talk about it accordingly. We're gonna oh, so we're gonna do the Gonzaga Tennessee thing all over again. All over again. Oh okay. no, yeah, n- nine o'clock central, ten o'clock eastern. That's my compromise. <sighs> all right. To everyone listening, watching. Be there Sunday night. Never miss a Sunday show. Uh, my game is going to be Indiana at Xavier. Uh, but fr- Friday is loaded, by the way. So before we pick that game, just a, a few to know about over the weekend. First of all, fr- we got stagger tips. Great Friday night. IU exit six. Baylor, Virginia at seven. Nova, Michigan State at eight. We're not even picking that game, but given Nova's issues, it's obviously one to keep an eye on. That's an FS1 game that'll uh, air after Indiana Xavier. And then you got Illinois UCLA at 9.30 on Friday night. By the way, also, Florida at Florida State, 8 Eastern, ACC Network for the Sickos. A lot going on tonight. Big time, big time. Fridays normally, once you get out of November, Fridays, uh, not much of a, of a big day in college basketball. Not a lot of, not a ton of games usually. Not a lot of must-see games, but this is a, this is a damn, damn, damn loaded schedule. Uh, before we pick IUX, uh, to anyone watching live here, momentarily we'll have Penn State, Virginia Tech, noon Eastern, Charleston Classic. That title game will be Sunday. These are the semis. Day ball in November. GP, how much do we love it? I like it fine. Oh, gosh. I knew you were going there. Um, Saturday is slow, and I am thankful for, for that. I'll get to that in a minute. I do want to give a, a genuine shout-out to Fordham here. Fordham is going to hold the Tom Konchalski Classic on Saturday. And the games are, you know, it's it's... Fordham and Holy Cross and UIC and Stonehill, but um, Fordham is going to honor the late, great Tom Konchalski, one of the most important figures in the history of recruiting uh, in American basketball, and they are also going to honor the late, great, and I mean great, Ock. A couple of just wonderful, 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 wonderful gentlemen. Jim O'Connell, the late AP sports writer, Kurt Gowdy winner, back in the early 2000s. Um, Jim O'Connell is one of the best college basketball writers there ever was. And uh, Fordham is going to honor both of them at the the Tom Konchalski Classic on Saturday at Rose Hill Gym, which if you've never been to Fordham's Rose Hill Gym, it is, uh, it's a, it's an old haunted barn, but it's, it's really what it makes me love college hoops. Just uh, some classic stuff. So I wanted to at least mention that Saturday. Otherwise though, not a ton going on. Maryland's going to play St. Louis at one Eastern in the Hall of Fame tip-off. Providence is going to play Miami at four Eastern in that. And um, that's pretty much it for Saturday. And I'm thankful for that because I'm going to be DMB at MSG Saturday night. Let's go tour closer, fall tour closer for Dave Matthews, man. So I will not be, uh, I actually, if I wasn't going to a DMB show, I maybe might've scooted over to see Terps 
Billikens and Friars, Canes. But that's pretty much it for for Saturday. GP, you got a um, you got an opener prediction for Saturday night. What songs DMB is going to open with on Saturday? Let me hear from you. I have, even though I'm in the age age range where yeah. I should love Dave Matthews Band. I, I never cared. You can't I ne- say no, I, I, I ne- I've seen them multiple times, but I've never I never got into it. I don't really know their catalog other than the big songs. I just never understood it. Like I, I, I can appreciate that smart music people like you do like Dave Matthews Band. It just never registered with me for some reason. I just never I, I just never got into it. All good. I'm going to say this is bonus final four and one and. And tour closer opening song. I'll go. I'll go. Best of what's around opens the Saturday night DMB show. Elsewhere uh, around the weekend Sunday, in addition to the ones we talked about, JMU plays at North Carolina. Just keep an eye on it. Dukes are you know 81st at Ken Palm, three and zero versus D1 competition. UNC stumbled a little bit. Not predicting an upset. Just keep an eye on it. That's all I'm saying. And then VCU will play at Memphis. That's actually a little bit of a tasty one. VCU. I uh, was able to get out of Brooklyn with the win, as we mentioned earlier. That's a five Eastern tip on Sunday. But the final game, by the way, the- a, a should be noted, Ace Baldwin sidelined. Yes, he's up yeah. for about three weeks or so is the estimation. So VCU will be inside FedEx Forum without its best player in point guard. Uh, I got a few goodies on Indiana Xavier, but I'm going to save them. I'll pick after you. This is on to Holloway Court, six Eastern FS1 Friday night. Zip them up. Zip them up. Who are you taking? Oh, wait. I got to give you the damn line, don't yeah, I? Yeah. Can I have a number? Uh, I didn't look up the Caesars line Oh, here. my God. Hold what? on. Can somebody just get Cal Boone? Hold or on. Cal here we go. I got it. I got it. I got it. Indiana minus two and a half at Xavier. Xavier, a home dog. Yeah. I mean, the internet works in Indiana. The Indiana, the internet works in Indiana. Or as somebody mentioned in the comments... Does Sean Miller get revenge for his brother Archie? That's right. This got to be a factor. The school, there's no question. Win one for Archie. Win one for Archie. That'll be the rallying cry at Xavier. I think it comes up a little short. I'm going to lay the points with Indiana. Okay. Xavier is 12 and three in its last 15 games versus the Big Ten. That goes back to the 2000, 2007, 2008 season. Um, Colby Jones did not play in Xavier's game against Fairfield. He's got a sprained right ankle. It's not known if he'll play in this game tonight or not. I'm leaning he'll give it a go. I don't know how much he'll play, but I'm saying that he'll try and and uh, and give it a go. Nunji, Zach, Jack Nunji and Zach Freeman have been really, really good. Um, Nunji leads the team in scoring 18 points a game. Fremantle. He had a triple double against uh, against Xavier. So seeing those guys go up against Trace Jackson Davis going to be pretty interesting. Give me X. Give me X to win. By winning, they're going to cover. I'll say Xavier wins a close one. I, I'm I'm genuinely pumped for this Friday night. There is a ton of great stuff going on uh, across the board here, and I'm as interested in Indiana at Xavier I think as any other game that's going to be played on Friday. You'll take the Hoosiers. Give me Xavier, my pick to win the Big East, to hold serve at the Cintas Center and send the Hoosiers back with an L. Should be a fun weekend of college basketball, right? Yeah, it's already got it to a certain extent. It's already like kind of got off to a kind of a wild start. Every underdog team that played in that Myrtle Beach MTE that's that's going on, every underdog won. All the lower seeded teams won. So we've got a little bit of noise going around there and 
yeah, it's uh, it's good, good stuff. If you're watching live on YouTube here, the games that are coming up, if you want to. I'm a sun devil. Colorado, Texas A&M, that's noon Eastern. Penn State, Virginia Tech, noon Eastern. Uh, LaSalle, Wake Forest, 2 Eastern, CBS Sports Network. Just love having day hoops on, man. And, and I'll sh- how about this? Shouts. This is at the, um, at the Myrtle Beach one. UMass beat Colorado. Murray State beat Texas A&M on Thursday. Uh, so either UMass with first-year coach Frank Martin or Murray State with Steve Prom, like he is a first-year coach, but he came back, so he's not. Um, one of those teams is going to be playing for the uh, for that MT East title championship on Sunday. So we've had uh, we've had a decent bit of noise here, and uh, yeah, good weekend on tap here. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Hawk. Shouts to Larnell. Shouts to Brandon Ashley. Never forget him. Thank you guys once again for listening to the Iron College Basketball Podcast. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Five stars. Nice reviews. There's more of us than there are of them. More of us than there are of them. She dated a Cobra Kai. And then she left him for a Miyagi-Do. You don't think she's one of us? Never doubted it. Never doubted it either. If you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel, please knock that out while you're here. We're going to talk to you again on Sunday night. Till then, take care. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.